Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent, Beijing Doctor Douchebag, Crash Gladys, Get in crash position, and Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Coming off three. It was another busy motorsports weekend, Freak Nation. Thank you guys for hanging out. Stat Man, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Lucas Oil Studios, Speed Freaks Bits coming up on a 21-year-old birthday for Holy the Freak Nation. Cow. Is that two weeks from now? That's two freaking yeah. weeks from now. 25th. We can drink. We can do it, man. We can drink. How are you doing there, Freak Nation? Play ball with us at Speed Freaks on Twitter. Of course, Facebook, Instagram. We're there for you. The website, speedfreaks.tv. Kyle Larson in about 10 minutes. He'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. Of course, your winner from Sonoma and Charlotte, Kyle Larson, will be here in the Freak Nation. The uh, Tony Stewart, Ray Evernham endeavor went off last night. We'll get to that. Also coming up in the show, Emily Reeves, if you had a chance to see her show on YouTube, about 200,000 followers on the Flying Sparks Garage. She and her husband have created uh, quite the conglomerate of car repair. It's a great show. Uh, She'll be joining us this hour. And boat. And don't they even venture into motorcycle? You name it. If it has a motor or if it's, no, no, take that away. If it's interesting, they talk about it on their YouTube channel. It's also, I'm going to tease, she has some surprises coming up, too. Bro, they've got an airplane they fly around. Oh, that, I knew there was a something else. A couple of them. Yeah, airplane shows, yeah. boat shows, car shows, you name it. So Flying Sparks Garage, we'll talk with Emily Reeves, and I think her husband's going to chime in uh, as, they're ta- as they're vacationing up in Arkansas on a boat. Some damn lake up there. I'm on a boat. Now, speaking of, I-, I had a busy day today. Lucas Oil, uh, part of the Kentucky Drag Boat Association at Lucas Oil Speedway in Wheatland, Missouri. Been hanging out there all day. Covering, Speaking of boats. That's what I said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it. I said. Okay, yeah. uh, covering boats that go 200 miles an hour in about 1,000 feet. That's right. Was so, it a safe weekend? Yes. No accidents oh, in the sportsman good. classes good. or the pro classes. So that was big time. So that tells you I haven't had a whole lot of uh, visuals of what happened in today's second IndyCar race. Dude. Right? Dude. <laughs> a, a, little bit, a little bit better than what we saw in the first round. In Detroit yesterday, Crasher? Okay, well, better if you if you do not like red flags. Yesterday was littered with them. So today, no, you're right, no red flags. Yes, there were some serious crashes again today, but, uh, oh my gosh, we had a repeat winner. Mm. What? How about what? that? The repeat winner, though? So there's one oil company that has had repeat wins this year in IndyCar. Huh. Who is, oh my gosh, it's Lucas Oil. Bam. It works. Yes, it does. So, Crasher will give the latest on what happened in round two. Well, actually, both rounds of the Detroit Grand Prix. Will Power making some noise yesterday. <laughs> dropped out three letters that not a whole lot of people knew what ECU stood for. Electronics Control Unit. Right. Okay, so with the red flags, every time you close down an Indy car, you close down any car, any, especially a race car, a race boat, a race anything – Things are heated, and just to fire them back up is not the easiest thing in the world, especially if the red flag is a relatively short duration. 
That's what happened to Will Power. He was leading race one yesterday. And no, with just a few laps to go, he did not end up winning race number one. And it's because of his ECU burning out. We thought Angry Birds, number two, 2.0, was going to come out, but they didn't. Ah, right. The double birds. Double birds. Angry birds. Whatever you want to call it. Angry double birds. Angry double birds. Willpower flipping off race control a la New Hampshire. Gee, many. What year was that? 2010-ish? So, yeah, that did not happen in Detroit. Race control was spared of the middle finger, but he did have a few choice words for them. But did he calm down today? He did. But unfortunately, he did not snag redemption like he thought he was going to. Oh, actually, Penske in general did not snag redemption. I don't. I don't want to give away my news and notes, but let's put it this way. Roger Penske, the promoter of the Detroit Grand Prix, should have won both IndyCar races, one with Will Power mm-hmm. and two with Joseph Newgarden. Neither one of those happened. NASCAR All-Star Race going on as we speak from Texas Motor Speedway. And when you look at what they're doing with the All-Star Weekend, a lot of money on the line, a lot of craziness to get into the final All-Star Race or the, to get into the final race for the NASCAR All-Star at Texas Motor Speedway. We'll get get into that a little bit. Again, Ray Evernham, Tony Stewart, their uh, SRX Racing Series last night debut. And hometown boy, I, I'm giving up all of your pit news and notes, aren't I? You're trying to, and I'm not letting you. But I will say that, <laughs> and this is no knock on Doug Kobe, no knock on him whatsoever, okay. but it is called the Superstar Racing Experience. Hence the initials SRX. And Doug Kobe comes out with the inaugural win of the Superstars Racing Experience. All right. Aren't a lot of people around the country going, who? What? Huh? Who? Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes coming up, and Kyle Larson before we reset with his pavilions. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. More affiliates joining the Freak Nation. Six past the hour. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Statman. Thank you guys for hanging out. Coming up in about six minutes, Kyle Larson won himself. Charlotte, of course, won Sonoma. He'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. But first, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes, brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Summer is a coming. Make sure you have new General Tires on that truck, that sedan, that sports car. Don't believe me? Check it out. At GeneralTire.com, they have the tire for your ride. That's GeneralTire.com. Crasher? Well, as we speak, the NASCAR All-Star Race is going off deep in the heart of Texas, but fans have already witnessed a Truck Series win from John Hunter Nemechek and an Xfinity win by the man, Xfinity man, I should say, Kyle Busch. Suffice it to say, the Detroit Grand Prix was an incredible comeback weekend. Remember, this race was canceled due to the pandemic in 2020, so racing-starved fans in the Motor City were dying for some action. And, well, (laughs) action they got. First up was IndyCar's race one of the doubleheader, and it was all sorts of whack. Two red flags later, and fortunately, two drivers coming out of their crashes relatively unscathed, Felix Rosenquist and Romain Grosjean. Then one arguable screwing of race leader Will Power. Hello, burned up ECU. Arguable what? Screwing. Okay. Just saying. His exact words quoted in his post-race press conference, just FYI. But we had yet another new winner on the season in Marcus Erickson. Of course, Erickson driving for Chip Ganassi. And we all know Ganassi likes winners. So his day was not yet over. Chip sullied again 
Later, in the Belle Isle Fountain, when his sports car duo, Kevin Magnuson and Renger Vanderzandy, crossed the stripe first in the IMSA Detroit Grand Prix sports car race. Dude. IndyCar's race two on Sunday looked to be a dominant win for yet another unique winner for the season. Would we have eight winners in eight different races by Penske's Joseph Newgarden? No. Romain Grosjean suffered yet another late race DNF, allowing Pato Award to show his strength when the flags went green again as he cruised past first Colton Herta and then beyond Newgarden to take the win, his second on the season with Lucas Oil on board. Kyle Kirkwood won twice for Andretti in Indy Lights. Billy Torrance mastered qualifying and clearly had the car to beat in top fuel over the weekend, but a bit of starting line luck is what granted him the New England Nationals win in NHRA over Mike Salinas, who was quicker and faster in the final round. In Funny Car, the final came down to the boy and his father, John Force, beating his son-in-law for his 153rd rally. Wally, I should say, Aaron Stanfield taking the win in Pro Stock. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for a good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel will do the work of a team of mechanics. The powerful combination of oils and additives in Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system while increasing power and fuel economy because it's burning excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak and keep the army of mechanics away a little longer. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Aw, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop shakalaka, 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 scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. <laughs> Your soap is Ugh. And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things. Open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons. And let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell. 
titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. First, our good friends at Lucas Oil, we want to remind you, go to lucasoil.com, check out their line of products to keep your ride on the road. The feature this week, it's Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. Cleans and lubricates multiple systems, removes harmful deposits, gum and varnish from your engine, improves cold temperature fluidity, lubricates upper cylinder walls and rings. In other words, go get it. Take care of that big fat VH guy. Complete engine treatment from our friends at Lucas Oil. Kyle Larson here in the Freak Nation. And Kyle, talking about the dirt late models, we've asked you this before, and I don't know if you got in trouble from this, where we said if it paid the same to run on dirt, would you, and you had to make a choice between NASCAR and dirt racing. I mean, you had the same living, same comfortability. Would you choose dirt racing over a NASCAR ride? I mean, it does, like, it honestly, I think everybody asked me that question because they, they expect a certain answer, but it doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, I just, I love racing. It doesn't matter what type of car I'm racing or, or what, as long as I'm in a race car, I'm happy. So, uh, it, it doesn't matter to me. I like how you looked over your shoulder. Sorry, Kenny. I like how you looked over your shoulder. Is your wife right there? Like, well, honey, is it okay if I do dirt, if it pays the same? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got to do a lot of it last year and it's, uh, it's time consuming for sure. So she probably enjoys not time dirt racing. <laughs> what what I haven't followed that up with Kyle Larson here in the Freak Nation Lucas Oil Studios is when did that love for racing happen? And and let me follow that up with me being a soccer player back in the day. I loved playing soccer, but there was a time when I loved playing soccer. Then there was a time that I got burnt out on it because I was playing so damn much. Does it get to that point for you where I just need to take a freaking break? Um, I think, I think as long as you're winning and, or contending and being competitive, then it's fun. Um, you know, there's been, you know, a couple of times and a couple of stretches where you have know, gone a few weeks with struggling. You're like, ah, oh, I just need a, I just need a break. I just need to get my mind away from racing, but you can't. Um, but you know, for the most part, I, I love racing and, um, and I've loved it since I started. So, and I, and I love being busy with it too you know I, I feel like times when i'm at home not doing anything i'm honestly bored um <laughs> and probably you know find myself in more trouble than than if i was just at a racetrack in a race car so um but no i i, I love doing it i especially love getting back to doing the dirt stuff because i don't get to do it as much as i used to um so it's cool to just be around these fans and um you know, Caitlin, we have a merchandise trailer here, so she really enjoys, you know, doing that part of it and selling, selling t-shirts and stuff. So it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Do your kids help with the sales as well? <laughs> They're not here this weekend, but, um, I think if anything, they probably get in the way of her selling. So, uh, I would say they don't help, but, um, Owen's pretty popular. So maybe, maybe, yeah. he, uh, maybe he attracts some people there. Yeah. Between all of the racetracks, he's, I mean, Kyle, you're going to be at the top of the list for a very long time, but 
it is right now Owen that is stealing some headlines on social media every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. He, uh, like I said, he's popular. I think, I think just him, you know, and, and the victory lane stuff and getting on the wing or you know, now that he's doing his own racing and stuff. It's, uh, it's cool. He, 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 uh, He'll joke with me every now and then too, like Dad, I'm more famous than you. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, them's fighting words. So okay, yeah, you, know, you and it. Owen, you and Owen in a drag race. Who wins? A drag race? Mm-hmm. Um, probably him, since he's lighter than me, a lot lighter. <laughs> he's not afraid to stand on the gas either. Would you let him win? Oh no, for sure. I, I never let him win. <laughs> I want him to learn what disappointment's like. At a, at a young age, so you can deal with it and, and uh, get over it quickly. Kyle Larson, when you were racing uh, a cup race at Sonoma, you said some interesting things about leave me alone. I'm in the car. I don't care what's going on outside. I just want to drive. Does that help you get that feeling amplified when you're in a dirt car? Um, I don't. I mean, as far like. I think what you're talking about is after the first stage, they were kind of asking me about the strategy and stuff that we were on and I didn't know. And, and I don't really care. I just kind of just drive and the less stuff I have to worry about, the the more I can focus on my job of just driving and hit my marks and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess in a dirt car, you don't have people in your ear and stuff, you know, talking to you so you can focus a little bit better, but, um, yeah, I, I just try and stay out of. I mean, I, I like to listen, you know, before the race and stuff. But once I'm in the race, I kind of forget about it all and pit when they tell me to pit. <laughs> you were out of the dirt car for a long time, and then last year you got a chance to reacquaint yourself with that love. Uh, were you surprised that you were uh, as pleased and as successful as you were when you got back in the car? Uh, well, I've never fully been out of out of a dirt car. Um, once I started NASCAR racing, it kind of I did less of it, but I still would race probably thirty times a year, which is you know almost the length of a Cup season. But you know, last year uh, I got to run you know over ninety races, and uh, we won about half of them. So it was good to just get uh, get kind of in a rhythm and in a momentum of of racing you know, sprint cars and stuff and, and having success and proving to myself that I could do it if I really, if I really was committed to it, um, and be super successful. But, um, yeah. And then this year has been good too. You know, I, I've raced, I'm racing the full cup season and, um, still, you know, going to run probably 50 to 60 dirt races. You race so many different kinds of cars, like we were just talking about. So what are you like, behind the wheel on a highway like what is kyle larson will you try to get out of a ticket have you ever had a ticket do you have numerous tickets who are you behind the wheel on the regular road you better say yes larson (laughs) i think that's probably a better question for my wife who rides (laughs) shotgun with me but um i mean i don't know i I feel like i mean i don't go the speed limit but i'm not i'm not (laughs) out there like the fastest car on the road i you know I, i typically set the cruise at about four to seven miles an hour over the speed limit and um i definitely have had my fair share of speeding tickets for sure um and i never i never try and talk myself out of it at all um <laughs> usually i'm just 
super cooperative and try to be the nice guy, hoping that it, it gets me out um, of a ticket, but it usually doesn't work. <laughs> Has the highway patrol, when they get up to the car and say license and registration, has the officer looked at you and said, whoa, I know you. Uh, does that mean that you get off easier or what? Tell us what that experience is like. <laughs> I don't not that I know of off the top of my head. I don't think that's really happened to me before. Um, maybe once, uh, I think around home. And I might, I might have got let go. Um, but <laughs> funny story, actually, speaking of that stuff. Um, so this year I won the Chili Bowl and came home. And uh, Dr. Lynn, she's the chiropractor for like a lot of the NASCAR teams and stuff. And she's married to a sheriff, which I had never met him before. <laughs> but um, I was leaving a buddy's race shop middle of the day and uh, driving back to my place which was only like a mile and a half away. And uh, the sheriff was I was going like, you know, under the speed limit. So I was like, well, I'm just going to roll by him, going the speed limit. Well, he, he, uh, I think he recognized me, obviously. So he pulled me over and I'm like, man, what am I like? I was excited to get pulled. I'm like, cause what is he possibly pulling me over for? You know, I was going the speed limit, but I passed him. <laughs> so I, I, you know, roll the window down and he's like, you know, sir, um, yeah, I'm pulling you over. Um, for for robbery <laughs> stealing stealing all the everybody's money out there in Tulsa uh, yes. so I started dying laughing he's like oh yeah I'm Dr. Lynn's husband blah blah, blah. so uh no that was that was cool but um yeah that was that was definitely funny Kyle Larson here in the Freak Nation Lucas Oil Studios and Kyle this might be a tough answer for you but the improvement in your racing from Ganassi to Hendrick is immeasurable. It's incredible what you've been able to do, whether it's race wins or top fives or top 10 finishes. What's been the big damn difference? I mean, I know you can't bag on Ganassi, but come on, man. It's, it's obvious something's different, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I think, <clears throat> listen, when I was a Ganassi, we outran Hendrick a lot. So <laughs> I think, I think in these last probably four or five years, they've worked really, really hard to, you know, because they're, I mean, obviously Hendrick has high standards and, and they're for a little bit, they, they weren't very great um, by any means. So, you know, I think they dug down deep and went to work really hard and have gotten the race cars a lot better and um, pit crews better, it seems, uh, from what I what I hear of you know, last year and stuff. So it's uh, it's fun for sure, you know, being in a, in a great race car and being able to go out there and kind of control the races and you run your own pace and not have to overdrive to try and make up for things and stuff like that. So, um, they just have amazing people working there. You know, Mr. H is a great owner, a great leader. And and I think everybody loves working for him too. So I think that's what, you know, they have that attitude. Uh, it really helps the performance of the race cars. So it's been fun to go out there and, um, compete for wins against my teammates here these last, you know, four weeks. And, um, you know, hopefully we can continue to, to bring that speed to the racetrack. Kyle, whether it's one of the mile and a half ovals or can't, regardless, if it's an oval versus a road course, is it easier to puff your chest out when you win a freaking road course versus an oval like you did at uh, Sonoma? I don't know. I mean, 
<clears throat> I don't feel like you're I'm the type to puff my chest out any ever, <laughs> but um, I think it. I think it's really cool that we were able to go out there and win on a road course because there's a lot more of them this year. And, you know, Chase and Martin have been so dominant on them that, uh, you know, now kind of add my name to that. Uh, hopefully, you know, it's just one it's just one race that I've won, though, on a road course. So, you know, hopefully when we go to Road America or whatever, it might be the next one. Hopefully we have speed again and can contend. But, um no, it's, it's good to know that I've got a shot to win probably at every type of racetrack right now, I think is the, the greatest thing for us. So what's left for Kyle Larson then? I mean, clearly you've got a lot of racing left and I would assume the championship is, is definitely on the bucket list, but you've said in the past and you've had opportunities for the Indy 500. Are we going to see you when Kenny brought up Ganassi? It kind of made me think, wait a minute, are we going to ever get a chance to see you maybe back with Ganassi at the 500? Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've It's something that I, I want to do, but it's not like a super big priority to me right yeah. now. Um, you know, I'm so busy with all the racing that I do. I think to really go to the Indy 500 and, and put in, to be able to put in the time and the effort, it takes a lot of time and effort. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, I've had opportunities probably these last three or four years to do it. It's just timing hasn't worked out and I haven't you know, kind of scheduling conflicts or whatever it may be. I haven't been able to do it. So um, maybe it'll work out someday. But uh, like I said, it's not like a super big priority to me right now. But, you know, never say never. Never, never. Kyle Larson, we talked to Billy Venturini uh, last week and he mentioned your name as coming up through the Toyota downline and they didn't have room for you at Toyota. You remember those days? Uh, and do you think that you'd have been happy with Toyota? You spent so much time with Chevrolet now. I mean, I, yeah, everything happens for a reason. So, um, and, and honestly, I think it, my career probably benefited a lot from Toyota, not at the time being able to, to move me up the ladder. Um, but yeah, so 2011, I raced for Keith Coons and their midget program. And, uh, it was backed by Toyota. And I remember them taking me to like Chicagoland Speedway and meet with a bunch of different teams and stuff. And, you know, all those teams needed money, obviously. And, um, I was kind of a nobody at that point. Um, but Toyota wasn't willing to, at that point, you know, step up and have like a driver development program really past what they were doing for Keith Coons. So then, yeah, I, I signed with Chip Ganassi later that year. That was a Chevrolet team. And I think, you know, instantly Toyota was like, crap, <laughs> we just missed out. We just missed out on somebody. Yeah. And we're not going to let that happen ever again. So, you know, since then they've, they've really stepped up their driver development program. Um, and it's cool to see what they do, you know, Christopher Bell would have been the next guy after me who kind of was just like me. And, you know, we see where he's at today, but you, know, I think, I, I don't know if I would be where I'm at today had they, you know, inched me up the ranks. So I, I'm very thankful for Chevrolet and Chip Ganassi and, and all the people since then that have got me to where I'm at now with you know, Hendrick Motorsports. So um, like I said, everything happens for a reason. And, and I think, Toyota's benefited from me also, you know, not uh, from them not being able to, to move me up. Wow. Wow. 
one more question, a follow-up from a little earlier when you talked about the growth at Hendrick. Hendrick was down for a while, and people were starting to say some dismissive things of the program, and now they've come back so far. Is that because of Chevrolet putting money into the program and helping with engineering, or did Hendrick just get the right group of drivers and they've helped each other and the teams have just stepped up to improve the programs there? Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. You know, it's only my, I've only been with Hendrick now like six months. So um, I can't really speak on where they were at before and what they're doing now and, and you know, what they're doing more of. But I'm sure it's just a combination of a lot of things. I think Chevrolet has definitely had a big part in it. I think, you know, the engineering at Chevrolet and, and at Hendrick Motorsports and, and, the you know engine alliance now with ECR and stuff. Uh, I just think there's a, a big combination of a lot of things and a lot of hard work by a lot of people to get the cars where they're at today. So um, I'm fortunate to be on you know in the driver's seat of that and get to be the guy to hold the wheel and um, have fun on weekends. Hey Larson, hold up your left wrist again. My pit pass. What the <laughs> hell? Do you, why do you have a pit pass? You're freaking Kyle Larson, bro. You just want Sonoma. Don't you walk up and say, I don't need a pit pass. And Charlotte. Bro. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just as normal as everybody. So, four day, <laughs> little four day pit pass here at Eldora. <laughs> we, listen, Again, he is Owen's dad. So, he still needs the signatory piece to prove that. Yeah. Again, when I was jamming a mic in your face in Northern California when you're 15 years old, I couldn't get you to say six freaking words. But now you, you've won all these damn races. You don't need a damn pit pass, Larson. <laughs> no, they're they're pretty strict here, so everybody's definitely got to have a pit pass. No, no riding scooters. The guy at the gate, he's he's difficult. But uh, like I said, I'm I'm normal, just like everybody. <laughs> That's Tony. Tony Stewart does not allow scooters at Eldora. <laughs> I, Tony probably, you know, he's got a lot more on his plate here working the track and stuff to worry about that stuff. That's all that old man rides is a damn scooter, Larson. That's all, all he can. That's, he's that, on a his... tractor a lot. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, Larson, it's always fantastic when you roll in the Freak Nation, Lucas Hole Studios, buddy. Good luck this weekend. Uh, we hope to get you back in after another big win, buddy. Yeah, thank you. You got awesome. it. See you, man. See ya. See ya. This week, the Freaks talked with a young Indian driver, Yuvan Sandewarmuthi, who's winning races and leading the championship in the USF 2000 Road to Indy program. It won't be 19 until February. Wow. Yuvan's leading a very tight race for the championship in the entry-level series. A championship, though, gives him a $400,000 stake as he travels the road to Indy. That's a lot of necessary funds to get some help in his career. What pleased me, though, was learning that this Asian driver who speaks three languages hasn't experienced some of the ugliness that's been meted out to other Asians in the past 18 or so months here in America. We learned of some questionable behavior in NASCAR last year against cup driver Daryl Wallace. Makes me feel good that questionable racial behavior isn't always present in the motor racing community. Maybe the racing world is growing up. I hope so. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.
Attention all you light truck and SUV owners who'd like to exceed the limits. General Tire has created a tough, extreme terrain General Grabber Tire for you. The Grabber brings race-winning technology to thrill-seekers planning their next extreme adventure. Whatever your journey, the Grabber will take you where you need to go. Because with General Tires, anywhere is possible. General Tire, the official tire of Speed Freaks. Back in the Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation, 20-plus years of doing this thing. And quickly, Statman, short segment, Kyle Larson, last segment. We have a young man uh, from India. Uh, his family's from India. Joining us next hour, uh, we'll talk to him. And you brought this up in your scat. We'll talk to him about has he found any blowback from his Asian uh, background. Do you think Kyle Larson uh, has found any blowback or has there been any blowback with Kyle Larson given his Japanese descent? I don't think so. I I think that Larson probably spends most of his life at a racetrack and most people at a racetrack know him and know the pluses or minus of Kyle Larson. So I don't think there's any problem that he experiences. If he went to some urban areas where nobody knows him, uh, he might experience something. Although apparently, according to stuff on the news, that's kind of died down. But as soon as I say that, it will probably be an attack tonight. You just jinxed it, yes. Yeah, right. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Thank you guys for being a part of this thing. Coming up next, her name is Emily Reeves, part of Flying Sparks Garage. I don't know if you guys follow her on YouTube. She's got damn near 20,000 followers on a really cool YouTube show that she and her husband does. We'll tweet out the link at Speed Freaks to where you can hook up with the show. She joins us next from her boat on a lake in Arkansas. That's right. Emily Reeves, looking forward to this. She joins us next, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Transmissions are one of the most complicated and expensive components in your car or truck. Don't let leaks and low fluid make a bad situation even worse. Use Lucas Transmission Fix in your older car's transmission to stop slipping, hesitation, and rough shifting. Lucas Transmission Fix was specially formulated to make your automatic transmission perform like new, and it actually eliminates most leaks. It also works on light-duty manual transmissions to increase shifting ease and transmission life. Shift your problem to Lucas Transmission Fix. Lucas Oil. It works. 
Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. Your soap is ugh, and your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things, open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons and let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Freak Nation, when you get a moment, go subscribe to this show on YouTube. It's called Flying Sparks Garage from Emily Reeves and her husband, Aaron Reeves, and almost 200,000 followers. They build cars together, and there's some drama that plays out. But regardless, two opposite-end personalities that make this thing work. So between Emily Reeves, her modeling career, and this crazy, awesome show that she's created on YouTube, I don't know where she finds the time, including right now, where you join us from where? Yeah, favorite lake is Lake Washita in Arkansas. We've Perfect. come here, well, my whole life. And then when Aaron and I got together, he's been coming now 20 years. So that cabin cruiser this time last year was awesome because now we can go and just go to any little cove and stay in our little boat. It's awesome. Oh, my gosh. So you've only had a boat one year. Yeah, well, so we bought it this time last year. So we've had it coming up on a year. Emily, I will say COVID was probably the first opportunity to buy a boat. Yeah, we've always had boats, but um, the dude that owned this boat before us uh, managed a local marina, and Aaron had told him that we were looking for a cabin cruiser or project, and he had one, and he actually took his family out on it, and then he broke it, and he was super pissed off, and he called Aaron, he was like, come get this piece of... <laughs> and, uh, That's so beautiful. He sold us the trailer and the boat for five grand. So, what? yeah, it, it's not. Of course, we made an episode about it. And that episode was the first one to, that we've ever had reach a million views. And it just did amazing. And so we've we've done a lot more marine content since. <laughs> turns out people really like boats. So where's the boat from here? So we're in a little town called Mount Ida that is right. about 15 minutes from the marina um, where we were staying. We stayed in a marina for a couple of nights because there was going to be some thunderstorms and it ended up just being heavy rain, but 
we had never experienced the marina life where we have like shore power and water hookups. It's kind of like an RV spot for a boat. <laughs> and that was awesome. And we uh, made friends with all the local marina people and they were real sweet. So they're sad that we're checking out today. They're like, y'all are going to come back, right? We're like, yeah, this was pretty good. So you're, you're, you're out of here today? Well, we're going to check out of the marina, but I think we probably won't go home until the weekend. The weather's just getting pretty again. So we'll, we really love just going and finding uh, beautiful coves to stay in. The lake that that we're on is owned by the Corps of Engineers. So it's a completely non-residential lake. So there's no houses on it. You can camp wherever you want to camp on the lake, um, on any of the islands, any of the shorelines, and it's badass. So um, you know, it's surrounded by the Ozark mountains and it's deep right. and clear and usually very, very calm because of it being blocked by the wind from the mountains. So it's a great spot. <laughs> I'm jealous. So how does a family outside of Dallas end up in freaking Arkansas? I understand your husband and so forth, but there's so many damn lakes, the north of Dallas and up in Oklahoma. Why do you go over there and spend your money in freaking Arkansas when you should be spending your money in Texas? You know what? I wouldn't spend my money in Oklahoma either. Hey, you know what? We spend plenty of money in Texas. The The reason that we go to Lake Washita in Arkansas is my family has gone there since the 60s. Um, when my mom and her sisters were little girls, they would vacation at this exact lake, at this exact campground every year for 10 days. And so they've gone back since like 1967 every year for 10 days so it's a really special place to us because of that uh, but my dad was actually from arkansas so um it's not too far-fetched that my family would want to gather here so emily reeves what's the story that i hear about you fixing an engine actually something went wrong and you stuck your hands down into the engine and fixed it well i'm always getting my hands dirty the question is whether i fix anything or not um but this time uh, we were out cruising around and we noticed that our voltage was going down and not coming back up when we rev the engine it just seemed like the alternator was not working so we put the trailer uh, i mean put the boat on the trailer and um got all of the junk pulled off of the engine compartment cover so that we could check it out and we pulled the alternator off and as we were removing it um i found that the power wire was loose the nut on the lug for the power wire and i'm like well that's probably affecting you know power to it and continuity and all that good stuff so um we still pulled the alternator off and went into town and of course nobody had one in stock so we just bought a big badass battery uh, to replace one of the batteries because we have two batteries, but we decided to get one big, huge battery so that we didn't have to worry about, you know, having enough power and took our original Marine, you know, nice alternator back, put it on the boat, tightened that power wire and <laughs> it's now working great. So yes, we did have a little casualty there, but you know, anything with mechanical elements is Ugh, going to do that at times and the boat's old it's like a 98 model so um you know it's not a huge surprise to have little mechanical issues with it you're out on the boat you're having fun with family and here we are oh hey speed freaks want to do an interview with you how often we always see you in the garage how often do you get out to vacation for crying out loud our content primarily for the last six years has been automotive so we've worked really hard to create episodes weekly um out in the shop but 
from buying this boat, we've realized that our audience and we've gained a whole nother group of uh, folks that really enjoy marine stuff. So we've actually been doing more fun boating adventures, which honestly hasn't required much wrenching. We, we replaced the outdrive when we first bought the boat, but we really hadn't worked on it other than changing the oil and freshening up the spark plugs. We've just been out enjoying it, cooking on it, taking our niece, you know, out. And, um, so that's been really fun. And honestly, when we first started the YouTube channel, we said, let's build a brand and build some following of folks that lo love what we love so that we can do more of what we love. So it's kind of like our life is a fun, you know, time. It's a lot, sorry, it's a lot of work creating all the content and editing and shooting video and managing and building all the social stuff. But it's kind of like, it's this balance of we get to do all this fun stuff for a living now. So you can't really complain about the, uh, the work that it takes to maintain and build that. So we are very grateful. You mentioned something about your niece. Is she the cute curly head one that helps you cut metal? Yes, she is awesome. She's lives right next door and she is a gearhead for sure. She's already wanting her first car and to start building it. So, we're like, well, tell your parents. <laughs> you guys are like the ideal aunt and uncle. How did this come about? I mean, this is perfect for you guys. <laughs> well, it's pretty funny because we, we've been married 14 years now. And we've said for a very, very long time that we want to adopt kids. Um, but it's kind of crazy because life just goes so fast and... I can't believe we've been married 14 years already and we just, <laughs> we need to make the whole kid thing happen with adopting, but our life just moves so fast and we've got our nieces and they're just so much fun. So I don't know how all that's going to unfold. We need to like make it happen and stop talking about it because we're in our mid thirties and it's like, gosh, 40 is approaching and that's a strange feeling and time just goes so dang fast. And so we'll see. It's, now, let me tell, tell you something, something though. Hold on. I was 41 when I had our only daughter. And I'm telling you, you get younger in your 40s because of kids. Good. I love hearing that. <laughs> Emily, you're on a boat. A boat is very romantic. Okay. Unless, unless you've got your hand stuck in an alternator or a regulator. Or a... I know. You don't have to tell me these things. I'm aware. <laughs> And she did say adoption. We know that paperwork can be a pain in the butt. We've looked into that. Woo, yeah. baby. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Was there a point, and I ask this because, again, working with Crasher for 20 years, is there was there a point when you said, this isn't going to work out? Our, our personalities are just too different to continue to do uh, this TV show from Flying Sparks. Well, I mean, we've had a lot of hard conversations where it, wrenching on stuff, used to be unplugged time. Like it was sort of uh, time for Aaron. And now he's got to not only talk to me, but he's got to talk to the camera and tell the camera what he's doing. And, and not only that, but I've got to take 30 minutes to set up lights and set up a shot. And Oh, we need this angle. So let me set up another camera. And so by the time I get everything all set up, he's like, I'm so over this shit. I'm going in the house. Like and right. so it's like this whole thing of we're living our dream. We're getting to wrench on stuff and adventure for a living, but 
there's this whole backside of it, of the actual production side, capturing all of this, that is, is a lot of work. And it's a lot of mental preparation to be able to be yourself and be who we want to be together on camera whenever there's so much that leads up to it. You know, if you're the, the point is if you're living your life, right. And what I mean by right is in accordance to the direction that you want to go, you're always going to be stretched and, and kind of in a learning sure. mode. So, so it, it has been difficult. And, and one of the really challenging things for me is I, I don't have a really good memory. And so I can do a lot of stuff, but it, it comes from like a basic foundation of understanding things. And if I can learn the underlying current of it, then I can do just about anything. What happens though, is when I get in a flow and get momentum going, that's when I really figure stuff out. So it's challenging for me to be on camera and then be trying to explain stuff to people that I've yet to learn myself because I would have figured that out through the flow process of, of doing it. So that, that's been really interesting and having to learn to kind of use another side of my brain and step back and, and kind of, I guess you'd say project out and figure out what I need to do before I actually get in there and do it. Have either of you, have either of you ever fired your spouse? (laughs) How how much longer on the lake for you guys? I think we'll probably leave this weekend. Yeah. We, we've been kind of working while we're out here. So Emily's got some, of course, go live. We've been shooting episodes the whole time. So we don't really have to go home. Aside from there's other projects just to mix it up. I actually have two more videos that I'm going to shoot for Continental. We started a new series called Emily Talks Tires. And it's really a fun series because the videos are very short, very basic tire info. But stuff that the average person needs to know. And it's it's really been fun shooting that series and producing that for Continental. So I've got two more that I need to shoot for them. And so when we get home, probably early next week, I'll be shooting those and those will go into post-production and get those out to uh, Julia Continental. And they're, they're awesome. <laughs> right? so, yes, I love they that. are. Well, I, I think it's point towards we'll see each other again at SEMA for 2021. Yeah, I do believe so, right. y'all. We'll be there. <laughs> And Statman, a funny part in the interview with Emily Rees from Flying Sparks Garage, a big YouTube show that she's got with Continental Tire, is I asked her and her husband if he's ever fired his wife from the show or if she's ever fired her husband. Uh, Statman, you may remember, you know, maybe a month, two months into Speed Freaks when we started this thing, uh, we fired Crash Gladys. You notice I said we. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you inserted we there so you could not be the bad guy all by yourself. Right. Yeah, funny how that works. I mean, strange, stranger things have happened, I imagine, including Henley. But uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know, I mean, if you look at the the production being the key to everything, then you do what's best for the production and worry about the repercussions later. <laughs> Crash, what was the most difficult thing? Because we did what one or two shows. Oh, you only did you. one. No, you only did one. I heard was that it? show and that was it. I came crawling back to your place and said, okay, let's talk. I know I messed up. <laughs> let's figure out how to make this work. I did not like hearing somebody else in the spot of Crash Gladys. No, 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 no. Never again. Statman, I was out in 21 years. <laughs> That's all the way back to the blue jalopy, isn't it? <laughs> 
Yeah, when she had to open up the hood and turn the oh, yeah. distributor cap for it to start. Yeah, push it down a hill. That's when she she came by my place once, and thankfully she pushed it. It was down a hill, so she was able to <laughs> she was able to leave. Ah, <laughs> oh, my '82 Toyota Tercel with the license plate Crystal. The evolution of Crash Gladys prior to you, Crash was interesting that uh, we had a few stand-ins prior to you and you were in the running uh, with four or five other girls and one of them was Eva Longoria. Well, hey, I guess uh, Eva Longoria went on to bigger and better things and what was it? Uh, Housewives of the Rich and Famous? Desperate Housewives. (laughs) Housewives of the Rich and Famous. I forgot about that. Wow. She was preached at Desperate Housewives. Yeah, that's, that's some interesting Speed Freaks trivia right there. And we were, I, I was in a conversation yesterday, and we were talking about the evolution of Speed Freaks. And it's not strange to people now, but it was strange to people 20-plus years ago when you have a black man, a woman, a comedian at the time that wasn't afraid, afraid to just grill or, or roll people over the coals, and then me, who sometimes not sure what comes out of my mouth. Uh, a lot of people second-guessed us back then. But now it's like, I don't want to say we created an avenue stat, man, but we certainly created something for those to be able to jump on board and say how they feel or ask questions uh, that may have been tougher 20 years ago. They stopped, tried to stop us all over the place, wouldn't even let us use the term mod squad and motorsports. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they've tried all they could to stop us. And we kept going be 21 years at the end of this month. That's insane. Freak Nation coming up in the second hour. Good to get uh, this young man here in the Freak Nation running F2000, running for the championship in the road to Indy. Crasher, I'm going to let you pronounce uh, Uvin's last name. Oh, really? So I'm mm-hmm. going to be the tease into the second hour. So yes. the first one officially in the show. I know you've already done it once, Kenny, to butcher this name. Uvin, mm-hmm. that's his first name. We call him Uvin S for good reason because his <laughs> last name is... Well, his first name, Yuvin, last name, Sundara Murthy. So, bam, badass. Big second hour, Freak Nation. Make sure you're part of it. Lucas Hole Studios, Speed Freaks Pits. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Network broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love to party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Stepman. I am serious. Here's the freaks. Second hour of the freaks. You follow us on Twitter, right? What about Instagram? What about Facebook? At the website, speedfreaks.tv. You missed any of the show? You know where to go, man. Go to speedfreaks.tv. Did you miss Kyle Larson last hour? It'll be up there for you tomorrow morning. I know a number of you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, and bam, it's downloaded to your big old snappy phone uh, once we load them up. But again, thank you guys for being a part of this second hour, Speed Freaks from Lucas Oil Studios. Crasher, an F2000 pilot. 
that uh, I think all th- I think out of all of us, you do the best oh, pronouncing no, his name. Me. No, no. What? No. You you don't know how to pronounce his name. Uvin S. Uvin S. is probably what we go for, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We have an Indian friend. He's he's from he's from Indian descent. We have an Indian friend uh, in in our friend group in Phoenix, and I showed him his name and. Bam! Rattled right off his tongue. Yeah, he just goes yeah. that. Uh, so, regardless, Crasher's looking up on the correct yeah, spelling of hold Uvin's on, name I don't as we speak. Butcher this. Okay, here. Are, you, are we ready? Yeah, we're ready to go. Okay. Got this. Yuvin Sandura Murthy. Regardless, dude is showing up. Yeah, and F two thousand just might be on his way to collect. Is it four hundred thousand dollars? Five hundred thousand dollars? He can tell us for sure. But I believe if he wins the USF two thousand championship this year, he will get four hundred thousand dollars to take with him to the next the next rung on the ladder series for open wheel racing, up to IndyCar, of course. The, and he's won at Indianapolis. Speaking of, it's just mind blowing. So he he's part of the road to Indy, the F two thousand series, yes. right? Can he take that direct? We'll ask him, but he could take that to Indy Lights. Or? Whichever rung of the ladder he wants to go to next. Got it. I don't. He doesn't want to jump up too quickly. I mean, obviously, he's not going to IndyCar. If you win Indy Lights, you get a million dollars then, or is it a million or a million three to take up to IndyCar? So, I mean, every rung of the ladder, you if you win the championship, you get more money to take to the next level. He joins us in about seven minutes. Great interview uh, with Yuvin coming up. Also this hour, Tanner Tessman. May not ring a bell for a few of you motorheads. It might. But if you're a Major League Soccer fan, Super fan. If you're an FC Dallas fan, you might know Tanner Tessman. Uh, the guy's got skills. He's played for the U.S. He plays for the U.S. Men's Team. Uh, on the heels of what happened with <laughs> what? It just that was during our show last Sunday night. Right. We could barely concentrate as we're watching U.S. versus L3, mm-hmm. U.S. Mexico, and wow! How does a major league soccer star watch life or death games? And that's I'm being somewhat facetious, but then again, I'm not. Between USA and Mexico, how does a superstar MLS player watch a game like that? How do we get so upset at Mexico as as Americans? Because we love vacationing on their beaches, <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to soccer, we'll do anything to just just tick them off. So Tanner Tessman will be joining us right around forty past the hour here in the Freak Nation. The Tony Stewart Ray Evernham experiment. I'm not going to say it's an experiment because they've got a full season. Uh, to wrap their arms around. The experiment will be after the series wraps up this year, after okay. the six the, the races. Six rounds, yeah. Six rounds wrap up to to see if it's worth going on for a second round. But CBS is behind it. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the Superstar Racing Series. Celebrity Superstar w- Racing Experience. Experience. Hence the X. Correct. Uh, was not won by a superstar. Not a household name superstar, no. Right? I mean, granted, Doug Kobe took the win, and this was at his hometown track, of course, Stafford Springs, Connecticut. He has tons of experience there. I think over 30 feature wins at Stafford. And he is a six-time champion of the Wheel and Modified Tour. But again, how many motorheads truly follow the Modified Tour? Yes, it's a national tour, but it's still a very small national tour compared to national series like IMSA, IndyCar, NASCAR Cup Series, NASCAR Xfinity Series, Supercross. I mean... How many people truly follow the modified tour? So he, yes, he's local. He has experience at the track. Yes, he's a champion, but he held off. Listen to these next three names. Greg Biffle. Who Tom, hasn't run in years. Yeah, he's run some one Full time. Full time. You're right. Well, that, but that's the point of the superstar racing mm-hmm. experience is you've got former champions 
And this is their this kind of like a retirement tour series to just have fun. Anyway, going back, he built off or held off. Doug Kobe held off. Greg Biffle, Tony Stewart, and Elio Castroneves. Oh, let's just let's just go top five. Also, Bobby Labonte. Those are the four, the top four guys that he beat. Kind of like it. I do Underdog too. dude coming here kicking the too. ass of big names, uh, formerly of of NASCAR and surrounding uh, series. Going to resume with some of our affiliates and get back to it. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes from the Lucas Oil Studio and Speed Freaks Pits. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. More affiliates joining the Freak Nation. Six past the hour. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Statman, thank you guys for hanging out. Coming up in about six minutes, Kyle Larson won himself. Charlotte, of course, won Sonoma. He'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. But first, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes, brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Summer is a-coming. Make sure you have new General Tires on that truck, that sedan, that sports car. Don't believe me? Check it out. At GeneralTire.com, they have the tire for your ride. That's GeneralTire.com. Crasher? Well, as we speak, the NASCAR All-Star Race is going off deep in the heart of Texas, but fans have already witnessed a Truck Series win from John Hunter Nemechek and an Xfinity win by the man, Xfinity man, I should say, Kyle Busch. Suffice it to say, the Detroit Grand Prix was an incredible comeback weekend. Remember, this race was canceled due to the pandemic in 2020, so racing-starved fans in the Motor City were dying for some action. And, well, action they got. First up was IndyCar's race one of the doubleheader, and it was all sorts of whack. Two red flags later, and fortunately, two drivers coming out of their crashes relatively unscathed, Felix Rosenquist and Romain Grosjean, then one arguable screwing of race leader Will Power, hello, burned up ECU. Arguable what? Screwing. Okay. Just saying. His exact words quoted in his post-race press conference, just FYI. But we had yet another new winner on the season in Marcus Erickson. Of course, Erickson driving for Chip Ganassi, and we all know Ganassi likes winners. So his day was not yet over. Chip sellied again later in the Belle Isle Fountain when his sports car duo, Kevin Magnuson and Ranger Vanderzandy, crossed the stripe first in the IMSA Detroit Grand Prix sports car race. Dude. IndyCar's race two on Sunday looked to be a dominant win for yet another unique winner for the season. Would we have eight winners in eight different races by Penske's Joseph Newgarden? No. Romain Grosjean suffered yet another late race DNF, allowing Pato Award to show his strength when the flags went green again as he cruised past first Colton Herta and then beyond Newgarden to take the win, his second on the season with Lucas Oil on board. Kyle Kirkwood won twice for Andretti in Indy Lights. Billy Torrance mastered qualifying and clearly had the car to beat in top fuel over the weekend, but a bit of starting line luck is what granted him the New England Nationals win in NHRA over Mike Salinas, who was quicker and faster in the final round. In Funny Car, the final came down to the boy and his father, John Force, beating his son-in-law for his 153rd rally. Wally, I should say. Aaron Stanfield taking the win in first Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. 
Hey, it's Kenny Sargent and Crash Gladys with Speed Freaks and we know vehicles, they could be expensive. So without proper maintenance, any vehicle could break down, causing the need for expensive repairs. That's why you need Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil produces the toughest and highest quality lubricants and additives on the market. Lucas products are tested on the track and the street to provide unmatched protection against the most punishing conditions. Hey, no matter what you do, no matter what you drive, Lucas Oil has the product for your mechanical needs. So keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Ah, uh, French vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop Shakalaka, 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 scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. Today, time is more valuable than ever, and we we all want our vehicles to look their best. To save time and have a great looking ride, use Lucas Slickmas Speed Wax. Great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on, then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy, working on wet or dry surfaces. You can also use Slick Mist Interior Detail or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine for that complete detail look. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Twenty-plus years of doing this in the Freak Nation. Lucas Oil Studios, man. Thank you guys for being a part of this. Bobby Hunter, a tribute coming up in about 15, 20 minutes. This segment brought to you by good friends at Lucas Oil. Complete engine treatment. Follow me here. Cleans and lubricates multiple systems, removes harmful deposits, gum, and varnish. You want to keep that engine clean and alive? Roll with Lucas Oil. Complete engine treatment. For more information, go to lucasoil.com. A guy that's finally making a whole lot of noise. I don't know if he's still 18, but regardless, F2000 pilot on the road to Indy, Yuvan Sandaramurthy. Bro, come on. Out of the gate. Really? Settle down, Crash. How do I say oh. your name, Ewan? That was pretty close. It's Thunder Unworthy. 
Sundu or Morthy? Morthy, not Moothy. See, yeah, we Americans, we want to go moo. <laughs> Technically, Morthy. that's the, the correct way to say it. That's how my dad says it, but I say it differently. So, Is that just what Americans do to uh, names that we're not uh, privy to? I guess so. I feel like the it's not as hard as it is if you kind of sound it out slowly. It's more the length of it that messes with people. You know, that's so true because when Brad Keselowski came on the scene and now it was the exact same thing, everybody was like, Keselowski. Yeah, it was, people can't. Okay, let me back up. Americans can't seem to understand long words. It's embarrassing, but it's truth. So I like that you've kind of done what Keselowski has done in some of his things, where your Twitter account, your Instagram account is you've been racing. Let's just not even cater to those people that are so dumb. Let's just make it an easy social media account so they can find you, right? That was a long conversation with me and my dad for a while of what we should name the social media pages. Nice. We, we settled on Yuvin and Yuvinette, so... Yuvin, as, as we could tell coming out of the gate with this interview, are you used to doing big-time interviews with big-time radio shows like Speed Freaks yet? Because we could certainly, we could, we, could, we could put a fire under your ass. You, you ready to get some fire under your ass, man? Yeah, I am. I haven't done many, but I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the challenge. <laughs> wow, stat man, an invitation for you, buddy. Jump on in. Wow, he's got the Nike swoosh and everything on there. You're I ready. Got the, the fear of the deer. Is Milwaukee ready to step up and, and – uh, take charge of the series uh they've got to, they've got to put it together you know uh yesterday's game was a bit interesting for me they were up 30 to 9 and then kind of blew the lead which is a common common thing with the bucks so they just got to put it together and finish it you play any team sports i years ago i did a magazine piece that race car drivers generally stay away from team sports they'd rather do individual sports like golf or tennis you do any team sports like basketball? Uh, so when I was in like elementary school and middle school, I used to do a lot. I played soccer. I played uh, football for a while. I played uh, lacrosse through high school. Um, football? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You said soccer and football. What kind of football do you uh, lean towards? What's your position in football? Uh, it was back in fifth grade. So no. <laughs> I don't know how, how accurate that would be, but I was a wide receiver and a safety. Well, where did the racing Jones come from? Because we've talked about almost every other stick and ball sport here. Where did racing come into play and why racing? Yeah, so that goes back to me living in China. I lived in uh, Shanghai about 20 minutes from the Formula One track there. Uh -huh. um, and my whole family had no clue about anything racing related or anything like that. And my, my dad pulls up a website. He's like, let's go to a race. It's either MotoGP, F1 or Rally. Which one do you want to go to? So I said, okay, let's go to an F1 race. We went to an F1 race, and I was like, I want to keep doing this. So that's kind of how it all started. Oh, wait. Those are fighting words for, for Statman, though. He, he chose F1 over rally, Statman. I'm trying to maintain here. He could have gone to a rally and been a rally driver. He'd have been out there in the woods bumping around. That's, that's I, pretty cool. I tell people this all the time. The two forms of motorsport I'll never do is stage rally and motocross. It just seems way too dangerous for me. You just okay. give away half the crowd here that you're <laughs> no. on the screen with the. I'm a stage rally guy. I, I love watching stage rally. Don't get me wrong. I'm just afraid of running off a cliff and killing 50 fans. Oh. <laughs> it's well. That's don't stand too close to the turn, fans. That's yeah. true. Exactly. But actually, there's, in my opinion, I think in all of our opinion, there's an even more dangerous motorsport that you didn't mention. Have you ever seen drag boat racing? 
Oh, I've seen drag boat racing. I've seen drag boat racing crashes and I immediately turn it off. It's, yeah. <laughs> that is that is too scary for me. But Yuvin, is that you in general when it comes to crashes? Does it have to be drag boats or are you one of those drivers that may be superstitious that you don't want to watch a whole slew of crashes regardless of the motorsport? I'm not superstitious. It's more so that if I know something bad happened with the crash, it's kind of just like you'll never watch someone purposely get hurt kind of a thing. It's just, it, 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 it's kind of, uh, it doesn't feel great to watch someone get hurt or injured in a crash. So if it's a crash that I know nothing went wrong, I'll watch it over and uh, enjoy it like NASCAR where there's the big ones and all those, those are fun to watch. But <laughs> when it's, it's it, big crashes that cause injuries, that's more so of like, eh, I don't really want to watch that. Yuvan, let me try this name right. Sandara Murthy. Perfect. Yeah. Whoa. Done, Statman. All well right. Done. You race in the USF 2000, which is kind of the entry level to the road to Indy. I had a guy tell me once that the most significant form of training for racing is to learn how to make a slow car go fast. And that's where you are. You figured that out. You're winning races now. You won at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I'm sure there's some people who envy that. But do you feel the same way? If you can make that slower USF 2000 car go fast, you can have success as you go up the ladder to Indy. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, as you get hard, uh, go up the ladder, it becomes a lot more physical and a lot more difficult to drive every car. So it's the same reason why you don't kind of skip up the rungs in the ladder. It's more expensive and much more difficult to drive. So I really love this series and the USF 2000 series with the competition we have. I think we had 28 drivers in the first race of the year. Um, so the competition is great and it's really great platform for figuring out how to drive cars um, and drive spec cars. So everyone has the same kind of car. You mentioned expense. A lot of drivers coming up, in the, especially in the ladder series in the IndyCar, they get money from the series, but they also bring money. Has Have people asked you to bring a suitcase of money and drop it on the desk in order to get rides up the ladder? That's kind of how everything is until you get sponsors and stuff, especially in the the lower classes, there's not as many fans, there's not as many viewers, it's harder to bring sponsors in. Um, so it, it's a big thing of balancing where to get the money from, when to take out, uh, go to a sponsor and try and ask for some money or anything like that. You're always on the hunt for more and more money. That's kind of how the series works. Um, ideally, you win the championship and you get a $400,000 scholarship to the next series and then you're paying much less money to run the series, which is the goal. But as of now, it's kind of trying to find money. I've been working um, with Peter Rossi, um, who is Alexander Rossi's father. He's put together um, a kind of an investment company for me. So if anyone wants to put in money, they can invest money into my career. And then Hello. when I go pro, keyword <laughs> when I go pro. How are you going about that right now? Are you sliding into some DMs on Instagram or are you calling friends of friends of friends and asking for favors? What is your go-to to get any form of money? Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's, we've kind of gone with the shotgun approach right now. It's kind of throw up a bunch of offers and see which one bites, especially as uh, an Indian American in the series and the first Indian American to win a race in the Road to Indian IndyCar kind of series. Um, we've been trying to reach out to a lot of Indian companies too. Um, try and uh, get them to help support me and kind of 
bringing the diversity back to the Red Indy. I know that Formula One is a worldwide sport. IndyCar is fairly worldwide, but it's not as well-known around the world as Formula One is. So if you're reaching out to a company in India to give you some support, do they sometimes say, wait, IndyCar? Feeder Series to IndyCar what? Um, a little bit, but in, racing is actually a pretty big thing in India. I mean, with Narain Karthikeyan and Karan Chandok and um, Mahavir Raghunathan. Um, yeah, all those names. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a decent amount of racing there. And it, two years ago, I think it was, I did the MRF Challenge, which had a race in India. And that was a great place for me to kind of reach out to fans. And it, it was great because I won a race there. And to see all the, the Indian fans uh, at the podium and celebrating, it was it was pretty special. Yuvan Sandramuthi joining us here in the Freak Nation, part of F2000, Road to Indy here in Lucas Hole Studios. And Yuvan, realistically, what's the next step of moving into IndyCar for you? When can you get that seat or when do you want to get that seat? Yeah, so, I mean, fairly linear, but it's not really time linear. It's kind of, obviously, I'm leading the championship now. And if you win the championship, you get a massive scholarship to step up to Indy Pro. Um, and I have no reason to not want to win that this year. So um, the goal is to to win this um win the USF 2000 championship, move up to Indy Pro, uh, and ideally win it again. But there's competition is also difficult that it's going to be tough. Um, but if you can do it, it's ideally it would be a two or three year kind of program to get up to IndyCar. Wait, you just said ideally do it again. So if you win the USF 2000 championship this year and you do move up, would you essentially be doing double duty though? You would still be defending your title in USF 2000? No, no. When you win the championship, you just move up. You're, uh, you you lose the, the funding if you don't move up to the next series. So it would be only an Indy Pro. Who do you think you compare with the most in the IndyCar series? Who Whose driving style is most similar to yours? Um, That's a... An interesting question. I mean, I think I've kind of changed my driving style, especially this year. Um, I was very, very um, tentative in the previous years, and I kind of became a bit more aggressive this year. I feel like off the track, too, I like to have some fun, which uh, uh, is, I guess, similar to Connor Daly in that kind of aspect. He likes <laughs> oh, to have some no. fun off the track. Um, probably I don't want to have as much fun as Connor Daly has, but definitely like uh, to enjoy myself at the racetrack. You bring up Connor Daly. He doesn't blend in, Broham. You need to get the freaking skullet or the mullet, let that roll, oh, no. and go out there and make some damn noise, all right? Uh, that, I don't know if I'd rock that mullet very well. I've let my hair grow out already. So <laughs> I think this is going to come cut down soon. Let's talk a little. I want to I wanna take you to CNN here a little bit. Uh, it's a bit of ugliness here in America that they're attacking Asians, uh, you're an Asian. Have you experienced any of that either at the racetrack or when you're just walking down the street in Wisconsin? I mean, to be honest, I'm luckily lucky enough to not have experienced much of that. Um, maybe on the side of unconscious bias kind of a thing, um, but nothing very egregious. Um, most of the, the Asian hate I've, that I've uh, witnessed has been um, East Asian. So I've been lucky enough to, to not experience much of that especially here in uh, uh wisconsin and in the madison area the racing community because of daryl wallace and nascar and now you're working your way up in indycar uh that the american motorsports world having to find some changes even sponsors are having to find some changes how do you have they brought that up to you? How do you take that to them? 
when you're looking for sponsorships? Yeah, that's the that's kind of the fine line too. Is um, similar to what I was saying of contacting Indian companies and stuff like that. It's I want to be able to use the fact that I'm Asian and Indian and uh, I guess uh, a minority, but I also don't want to make that the reason why I succeed. You know what I mean? I want to be able to build it myself, but I also will accept opportunities that come um, through diversity. That's kind of the, the fine line that you tread is. I don't want to be given opportunities because of my skin color, um, but I also want to use as much of it as I can. You know, that's interesting you bring that up because I'm a little more sensitive to it with women drivers because I've seen the evolution of them over the last 40, 50 years. And you're right. People get mad when they take advantage of opportunities that they're given. And no, nobody should be getting mad at that just because you're a woman or just because you're an Indian or a black man. It's like you, if, if an opportunity comes, even the white man is going to say, I'm going to jump on this. So, yeah, people can't get upset at opportunities when they come around. Take them. It doesn't matter. Just use what you can to make yourself better. Yeah, exactly. Especially at this stage when you have to move up and you have to find money. If you get the opportunity, you're going to take it, even if it, it, even if you don't really, never really wanted or pursued that opportunity in the first place, if that makes right. sense. Well, then let's do this. To end this interview, Yuvin, why don't we go stereotypical? And with you being in Wisconsin, Yuvin, have you milked a cow? Uh, probably when I was young. Not that I remember. Would you milk a cow if it helped you win the championship? Anything if it would help me win the championship. <laughs> Yeah, four hundred thousand dollars to milk a cow. Hey, mm. I'd, I'd do that. Yuvan <laughs> yes. Sandramu, the joining us here in the Freak Nation again, part of the F two thousand Road to Indy, uh, running for that championship in the lead with points, as far as that's considered. It looks like it's certainly attainable, buddy. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely a tight race. I think the top five are within fifteen points or so. Oh. Um, so I just gotta finish races and try to get some wins and. Really, it's consistency that wins championships. So I've had uh, one DNF this year, which really uh, hurt me, especially because I was running third at the time. And just got to keep putting it together and hopefully keep this lead. Hey, Yuvin, thanks for doing this, man. We want you to go out there and kick some ass and see the progression of your celebrations, okay? Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. That's the All only right, thing. That's the only reason. Thank you. This week, the Freaks talked with a young Indian driver, Yuvan Sandewarmuthi, who's winning races and leading the championship in the USF 2000 Road to Indy program. It won't be 19 until February. Wow. Yuvan's leading a very tight race for the championship in the entry-level series. A championship, though, gives him a $400,000 stake as he travels the road to Indy. That's a lot of necessary funds to get some help in his career. What pleased me, though, was learning that this Asian driver who speaks three languages, hasn't experienced some of the ugliness that's been meted out to other Asians in the past 18 or so months here in America. We learned of some questionable behavior in NASCAR last year against cup driver Darrell Wallace. Makes me feel good that questionable racial behavior isn't always present in the motor racing community. Maybe the racing world is growing up. I hope so. Peace. Motorsports Radio, redefined.
20-plus years of doing this in the Freak Nation, Lucas Oil Studios, man. Thank you guys for being a part of this. Bobby Hunter, a tribute, coming up in about 15, 20 minutes. This segment brought to you by good friends at Lucas Oil. Complete engine treatment. Follow me here. Cleans and lubricates multiple systems, removes harmful deposits, gum and varnish. You want to keep that engine clean and alive? Roll with Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. For more information, go to lucasoil.com. Miss any of the show. Last hour, Kyle Larson was in here. Spent a good 15 minutes with us here in the Freak Nation. And we've got the video that we'll put up on YouTube and our Facebook page. Be sure you follow us. We'll have that up sometime next week uh, with Kyle Larson. Crasher, IndyCar, and former Formula One driver making some news this week that uh, he's decided to do something different. Well, not different. Uh, add a track. Well, we're talking about Romain Grosjean, and yes, he finally went public with the fact that after St. Pete, he had decided to add St. Louis Worldwide Technology Raceway to his agenda. Now, we still don't know if St. Louis is going to become a doubleheader because of needing to replace the Toronto race that was canceled due to COVID. So that would be interesting if that does become a doubleheader, and then he gets two ovals to practice on. But he likes St. Louis instead of just opening her up at Indy because it's not as fast. You get to really work. I know IndyCar fans are going to hate me for this because they can't stand it when the TV broadcasters use this term. But you get to use all the tools in your cockpit. (laughs) So he can play with the pedals more. He can play with the steering wheel a little more. Be a little bit more relaxed at doing it instead of being on the edge like Indianapolis. So. Yeah, he's he's ready to go. He doesn't know where it will take him. He wants to use his experience there to then make a more informed decision for next season on what he will actually do for his schedule. But there's also that needs to enter the conversation. There's also a lot of rides that might become vacant next year. How long are we going to see Scott Dixon? How long are we going to see Tony Kanaan? Who's going to take the ovals there? It's it's there's a lot of question marks on seats for next year. So will Romain Grosjean stay at his Delcoin Rick Ware team? Or if he does well on this oval, will somebody else pick him up and say, hey, we got a better ride for you? It, it, there's so many question marks. It's silly season already. Statman, I'll ask you about Formula One drivers back in the day. Were they not fans of ovals specifically, let's say Indianapolis Motor Speedway because of the speeds and maybe some intimidation on tracks like that? I think there was, uh, they didn't have respect for it, put it that way. And there was concern about safety. Uh, It's only been in the past, what, 20 years that they've really looked at American racing as being uh, world-class. There was a time when Europeans didn't think of American racing as being uh, important enough to consider anything more than minor league. So now they look at it as uh, something special. But I guess when Jimmy Clark came to uh, Indy and Graham Hill came to Indy and they returned home safe, uh, they said, well, maybe it's something to that. And Let's give it a shot. And more and more, they started to come. I don't think they also didn't understand the roadsters that used to race at uh, Indy and the engine right there in front of you. Uh, Jimmy Clark came with the rear engine, Ford, Lotus, and that changed everything. And the more they started running cars that they knew, they were more open to the idea. Yeah, it's interesting that being history and now – looking at where we are today in 2021 and the rumors that have gone on since the 500 of how Formula One is considering 
opening up Memorial Day. Well, it's not Memorial Day weekend for overseas, but opening up that weekend to allow their drivers to maybe do a one-off. And that's just, whoa, that blew my mind when I saw that. But it's not a for sure thing, but they are considering it because the talk is back again in the Formula One paddock about running Indy. I imagine it it helps that an American-based uh, corporation owns Formula One, right? And they're also TV producers, so I would mm-hmm. think that that's probably helped change the entire industry's mind. And if uh, uh, Liberty said, "Go on turn two and stand on your head and cough four times," <laughs> they would probably find a way to do that and make it look very competitive. Freak Nation coming up next: Tanner Tessman. From FC Dallas. Yet we're talking soccer. Come on, man. It's synonymous with motorsports. You'll find out next. He joins us next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. Hey, Freak Nation. If the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. It's a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring 11 highly competitive racing series. This year's live coverage on MAV-TV features the Arca Menard Series, midget car action provided by the Power Eye National Midget League, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, and the Pro Pulling League. There's even the Moto America Series, Midwest Drag Racing Series, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motor Motocross, Hoosier Arena Cross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl National. It's MAV TV's most robust live coverage schedule in network history. So come join us at MAV TV, the only television network in the U.S. dedicated exclusively to motorsports. For more information on MAV TV and MAV TV Plus, go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24 7, 365. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. 
General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation, 21 years this month. We'll be celebrating our 21st birthday. This segment brought to you by Lucas Oil, low viscosity stabilizer. Look, man, if you're looking for ways to make your car's modern engine run a little bit better, it may be time to try Lucas Oil, low viscosity stabilizer. Anti-wear, friction reduction, oxidation inhibition. It's a big part of your newer engines, not necessarily your carburetor focused engines but when it comes to your newer engines check it out lucas oil low viscosity stabilizer for more information go to lucasoil.com tanner testman fc dallas superstar joining us here in the freak nation and tanner uh, we talk about a number of things including that big match earlier this week against mexico city with the u.s men's team and you've had your share of matches playing for the u.s men's team but from the sidelines, as a player versus, say, a fan, how do you watch a game, not just any game, but a game against Mexico and the repercussions that it has with the U.S. versus Mexico? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, for one, I you know, I want to be in that game. But uh, obviously watching as a, as a fan, as a supporter, uh, the emotions are high. You know, I'm, I'm on edge the whole game, uh, yelling at the screen, um, hoping the players do well. You know, I want everybody to do well. And and uh, for us to get the win versus Mexico is it's a big rivalry, and you know we haven't uh, we haven't always done as, as good as we want to against Mexico. So for for that young group to do really well and uh, get the win in a in a cup final is is huge. And and I, I felt all the emotions uh, sitting at home watching it. So I, I was really happy for the guys. Can you explain? Because I think some of the fans have just a roller coaster of emotions when it comes to the U.S. men's national team. Because to qualify for the Olympics, it's the under twenty three group. To be other worldwide competitions, it's the senior group, 24 and up. So it's it's a little disappointing to see that the under-23 group over the years has failed to qualify for the Olympic. But then, gosh, that roller coaster goes back up the hill as you beat or as the U.S. beats El Tree in overtime. And it makes us so excited for the World Cup again. And that's a young team, too. So can you kind of explain what's going on between the two teams and what fans have to look forward to in the future? Yeah, I mean, uh, for one, yeah, it's tough. It's tough being a part of that Olympic group and not qualifying. You know, is the goal we set out to be uh, is in the Olympics, but uh, uh, it's a struggle we've had and playing in those games um, with uh, little to none training, uh, preparing for it is tough. But uh, I mean, the, the fans should have a lot to be excited for. As you saw versus Mexico, we're an exciting group. Uh, we we fight till the end, like we did in that game, and uh, there's a lot of talent uh, that's coming up, still still to come up. Um, You've seen a couple names out there uh, that are big time players that help us get wins. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the World Cup and the qualification coming to it. It's going to be uh, really exciting to watch. Now, how do you know or at least how much warning are you given, if, whether it's an email or a text saying, hey, we need you to come back to the U.S. men's national team practice field and you might be up for the World Cup team? How does all that communication work out with you guys? Yeah, so. Uh, They'll, they'll send emails prior, uh, a couple months prior before the, the training camp, and then uh, they'll have a prelim roster, and then they'll cut it down to the to the, to the the small group that gets to go, and, and then, then you go from there. But uh, I haven't heard anything yet, so uh, just continue working at Dallas, focusing on being here and, and in the moment. So uh, if that comes, it comes, but uh, just staying here focused. Did you just say you get an email? You don't get a phone call? Listen, bro, you're getting called up to the U.S. men's team. You get a damn email, not even a phone call? 
from the coach or the the general manager? What the hell's that about? I mean, yes, it's just how it goes with uh with those camps. You get an email for the prelim roster, and I'm I'm sure a couple of players. Uh, if it's big enough for a uh, Olympic roster or a World Cup roster, you, you probably get a phone call. But all the camps I've been to, you know, it's friendly. Uh, the Olympics, you get called to you. You go down there, and you have to train for two weeks before you even make the team. So, uh, it's nothing too big that I've been to. So that's just an email. But, but yeah, a phone call would be nice for for some of those camps. <laughs> uh, Richie, before we get to your question, one more follow up to the U.S. men's team. When you do get that email, what's the protocol for you? Meaning, do you have to clear certain physicals or make sure you've got the vaccinations? Do you do you have a physical at all before you go join the men's team? Yeah, so we have to do a lot of stuff at the club you're at. To, they have to send all over the records, and then you have to get another physical prior to going to camp. And then you have to do three or four COVID tests uh, online uh, as, they, as they watch you take it and, and uh, pass those tests negative. And uh, then you're allowed to, to come into camp. And then when you get there, you still have to do certain um, testing and, and make sure you're ready to go. So so those are just some of the things, yeah. Hold on a second. Do you feel like you're just poked and prodded all the time? I mean, are, you guys aren't guinea pigs here. You are professional athletes. You shouldn't have to have another physical if you just performed that week of and you were totally fine. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I've only been to a couple camps, and every time I've had to get a physical, it's, it's nothing bad. Just they make it quick and easy. They, they know that uh, – <laughs> Probably nothing's wrong with you, so so you know it's not as as in deep uh, as it should be, but it's it's good, quick, easy, and it gets you ready to go. So, Tanner, let's go back to the U.S. Mexico Concacaf match in Denver. Fans were kind of unruly, throwing things on the field throughout, and especially at the end. Are there other places where the MLS goes where the fans are kind of unruly, and you walk onto the pitch and decide, "Wow, I don't know if I want to play here." You know, playing for only, you know, a year and a half in the MLS, uh, especially last year, not a lot of fans uh, in those stands and uh, not a lot of fans outside the stands as well. So, um, honestly, I haven't really been to any hostile environments in the MLS. Obviously, Houston is our is our big rivalry. And uh, so at those games, you know, we we have a lot of fans uh, that are they come early to, you know, to try to haze us or do whatever. So I, I guess I'd say Houston, but uh, still have a lot of experience to go to go see other teams and then I'll come back with you at that answer. So the other side of that question is what's it been like playing with no fans at all? Um, you know, it was weird kind of uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, last year I played two home games and then we were getting ready to go to New York and then they, the whole COVID thing happened. And then after that, you know, no fans. And it's kind of, it was weird at the beginning playing in the empty stadium. You know, it kind of feels like a scrimmage, but but the guys, you know, we, we keep uh, focused and keep working hard and, and uh, slowly but surely the fans have been able to come back. And now here in Dallas, we're back at 100%. So uh, it's really good to have fans back in the stands. It's a, it's a whole different atmosphere. But uh, yeah, it's de- it was definitely weird at the beginning. Do you feel like, I mean, you made, obviously we think you made the right decision instead of kicking in college football, coming and going pro in soccer. But do you feel like the beginning of your career has been cheated because of the pandemic? Or do you look at it as a pretty good opportunity to just take some baby steps and really grow as a young athlete? No, for sure. It was uh, baby steps. Uh, it was a lot of opportunities that, that came my way because of COVID. Um, injuries and other things like that. Got minutes to play. Got to travel with a team. Uh, experience different things. Uh, get closer to my teammates during quarantine. Then maybe I would if, if, if there was none. So uh, I think there was uh, positives and negatives. But for me, I think there was more positives in terms of soccer. So uh, got a lot of opportunities and, and I took advantage of them. So 
So, I mean, obviously COVID was not what we wanted to happen, but in terms of soccer for me, it uh, created a lot of chances for me. Tanner Tessman, FC Dallas in the Freak Nation. Is there any sort of hazing that goes on when the young guys come up to the team, especially U.S. men's team? That's pretty prestigious, and a lot of guys have been there. Is there any special hazing for young guys like you when you get called up to the major leagues? No, no. Uh, usually uh, for, for FC Dallas, all the new guys have to sing a song, and, uh, you know, it's pretty <laughs> enjoyable get you going with the team. And then uh, usually it's the same with the, when the men's national team uh, had to sing a song. But with the 23s, uh, Jason made uh, everybody stand up and, and tell, the, tell the team a fun fact about yourself and then tell them something that you didn't – that uh, it's a secret that you didn't want people to, to know. So uh, oh. that was that was a little different for, for uh, the 23s, but it was all fun and games, and it helped you get closer to the group. So I enjoy this. Well, hold on. What is Tanner Tessman's fun fact? Microphone. Oh, I, I forgot. I forgot. I can't tell y'all. I forgot. Oh, you are oh. all of it. <laughs> Come on. The fun fact is – Fun fact is I have a podcast named Chum Chat, so y'all can go check Bam! out. <laughs> and he's become a genius at marketing with Chum Chat. Yes, he has. Oh, it's perfect. That's a great answer. Hey, speaking of the Cowboys, you being a former kicker, and we know the whole story again, you had to make the decision of, of playing soccer or moving forward with your kicking game. Do you watch football and specifically the kickers as much as you did back when you were kicking? in college or is it not a big deal to you now um to be honest i i never watched kickers uh not a lot of nfl either if i was watching football it was college football and uh barely maybe just when clemson played or some of my buddies were watching i would watch but uh now probably the same you know if clemson's playing i'll watch i'll support but uh not a lot of football goes on unless i'm you know at a friend's house and we're watching the nfl game or something's going on or playoffs or something like that but uh yeah not not huge in the nfl and college football Hey, before you get the hell out of here, uh, Tanner Testman from uh, FC Dallas joining us here in the Freak Nation. You drive a car or you Uber or Lyft all freaking day? I got a car, Grand Cherokee. That's it? I mean, do you, do you have any extra components on it? You just, it's just stock? It's a 2014 Grand Cherokee. Uh, I like it a lot. It, it helped a lot when it snowed in Dallas. Uh, I was one of the only cars on the street getting groceries. So uh comes to use at good times. I, I, I really like it a lot, yeah. If you had a choice of uh, like a, a recent hot rod, maybe a uh, this sounds so old, a Mustang, a Camaro, or a Porsche, do you do you follow anything like that? Are you are you a fan of fast cars? You just want something to get you through the damn snow? Um, yeah, I, I follow a little bit of cars, maybe not uh, some of the ones you name. I like Porsche. Um, I like their I like their cars, but uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I got a lot a few cars in mind. Hopefully, when I when I hit that same contract, that I could upgrade to. So. <laughs> We'll see. Attaboy. Tanner, thanks for doing this, bud. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Look, man, I'll be honest with you. Soccer players are just a different freaking breed. If we had Tanner in a pub uh, ratcheting him with conversations about race cars and Trans Ams and Mustangs, he might might fly a little higher on that. But regardless, uh, we have a big-time soccer star here in the Freak Nation, Lucas Oil Studios. And I got to say this, Statman, 20 years ago, if I would have said, look, Bro, you're going to become a big soccer fan and use words like pitch and CONCACAF and support your home team of Columbus Crew. Would you believe it? Heavens no. I didn't believe it 20 months ago, much less 20 years. <laughs> what? You, you were texting me when Columbus Crew was in the championship, and that was more than 20 months ago, wasn't it? 
No, that was, uh, you know, like 20 weeks or something, whatever it was. You know, I, I didn't get hooked until I went to a game with a friend. We had great seats and uh, soon everything was quiet in the stadium and everybody's milling around. Then the referee blew the whistle and the hoodlum section exploded. The hoodlum section literally exploded. Yellow uh, smoke bombs went off and people were pounding drums and screaming. Yes. And the game had just started. I'm like, oh, what is this? And I was, it, I couldn't, uh, that hooked me. You know, I was on the periphery. I never understood. I'd ask you questions for years, what's going on. But that hooked me. When I saw that, and I just said, these people are insane. How do I come a part of this? And I started paying attention, you know, bought my Columbus Crew hat, had a Columbus Crew <laughs> shirt, you know, I went, went the whole way. So, uh, yeah. And then they won the championship. I was hooked. I even texted you and you didn't mm-hmm. respond. And I said, screw you. You know, my, my <laughs> won anyway. He didn't respond because his mouth was to the ground. He's like, did I just get a text from Statman about football? Yeah, no, I I was hooked. I was sitting here cheering, and my buddy called me, and she was screaming, they won, they won. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm a fan. I don't, I don't know who it is. I just know one guy that was on loan, did most of the work. Uh, but uh, yeah, on know. loan. Listen to Statman. Yes, he was on loan from some European team, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if he's still on the team. But uh, yeah, not, not much, much motorsport. Not much motorsport. Helio oh, or Helio? Not, 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 not. Well, not only much, that. Much, much. Thank you. I love you. And headlining the party. Douchebags. Lose. Not much motorsport. <laughs> the freaks. Not much motorsports. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. In, in fact, we'll tweet a link out at Speed Freaks on Twitter where you can watch these. You'll place a cucumber behind some cats. They'll turn around and see it, and they'll go bonkers. It's I, it's something I, I've tried it with my two cats. They just look at it and go, no, can I eat it? Don't rope us into that group. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the stat. It's for real. Placing a cucumber behind a cat when it's eating appears to startle these cats. The trend was part of a dedicated subreddit called Cucumbers Scaring Cats. Well, you know, I, I, I'm not going to defend cats here, but imagine if somebody dropped a green thing that was 10 foot wide and 25 <laughs> foot long behind you while you were eating. You go crazy too. <laughs> 10 feet long. Kenny, we need to bring out Wits and Wagers which is a game that challenges you on the biggest carrot in the world. Now we need to know the biggest cucumber in the world. Well, okay. On that note, we got about, what, about uh, two minutes. Statman, what's the biggest, and, and be reasonable here, What what's the biggest carrot ever recorded? Okay, hold on. In feet. In feet. Well, him, Christy, you just... Go ahead, Stat. The biggest carrot in feet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd probably say 10. A 10-foot carrot. Here's that. 19 feet tall. Wow. 19. <laughs> Believe it or not, yes. That makes a, re- that'd make a huge carrot cake. Mm. 
That's true. If I'm gnawing down on, you know, some, you know, if I'm going full fledged carnivore and I turn around, there's a big 19 foot carrot behind me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, just imagine. And somebody's waving it at you like, hey, you're going to be scared? <laughs> Here, kitty, kitty. You jump up and you run or turn around and remember your jungle background and your DNA and suddenly go ape the whole thing. Right. How do you fight a carrot? No, you f- you flight a carrot. You can't fight it. We yeah. start. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Whip, whip out a knife and start chopping it up for some stew. You know. I mean, oh. so, yeah. You got to. You. I, I just can't imagine that cats get running from a cucumber. Humans are stupid. Uh, on that note, Go to speaking YouTube of YouTube right now. Yeah. Uh, it's been a big show, Freak Nation. Thank you guys for hanging out. You missed any of it. Go to the website, speedfreaks.tv. For almost 21 years, that man shoot the juice to the moose. Cut it loose. Zip! Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.